0: But, Peter, that's not much money. It's, that's the beauty pay. of it. Each withdrawal, it's a fraction of a cent. That's too small to notice. But you take a few thousand withdrawals a day, you space it out over a couple of years, that's a few hundred thousand dollars. It's like
1: Superman 3. I'm gonna try it again. Give me the clap. Clap for me. Got it. I, 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 now I need it. It's like Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> Hey, everybody, and welcome back once again to Podcast Part 3, the Part 3 podcast, your semi regular dose of all things about movies that came after two other movies. As always, I am Sam. And I am Will. We were going to watch just one movie this week, Superman 3, but Will made the good point that there are two third Supermans, so you're getting a bonus Superman. Superman 3 and Superman Returns. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: Yeah, these, um, these are, neither of these are good.
1: <laughs> I mean, we often talk about, like, with Chucky and the Muppets coming in at the low point of the franchise, but let's be real, Superman doesn't have a lot of cinematic high points.
0: No, I mean, it's pretty much Superman, the Superman the movie, Superman 2, and maybe two-thirds of Man of Steel, um, and some bits of Batman v Superman and Zack Snyder's Justice League, and, uh, <laughs>
1: It's not two consecutive (laughs) thirds of Man of Steel. It's actually like... Nine... It's like six-ninths scattered around the movie. (laughs) Uh, Oh. Yeah, we'll we'll get into all of that. (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah. Like, we've done... There's there's the three big superheroes. You got Batman. You got Spider-Man. But the most iconic, recognizable, genre-defining superhero is Superman. And I think in spite of that, or perhaps because of that, he's had the hardest time going from the page to the screen, even though he's had more probably on screen iterations than Batman or uh, definitely more than Spider-Man. They just, they keep trying, but every time they just, there's, there's always some part of the sauce is missing.
0: And you know, it's, it's weird that it's sort of taken, it's, it's so hard to get him right. And I think part of the problem actually is the, how, um, how iconic and how, uh, you know, how much of a landmark the first Superman movie with Christopher Reeve was. Yeah. Um, and how, how much of an impact it made. And I think, every iteration aside from the tv ones but every iteration after that has always been in its shadow in one way or another and and for one reason or another creators just either can't either can't get out of it and if they're if they're not trying to get out from under the shadow they're actively trying to do something different from it which is like you look at man of steel and while that's not supposed to be your grandfather's Superman, right, it is basically Superman the movie and Superman 2 rolled into one but filtered through Michael Bay. It's like, here's Krypton and everything explodes. Does Pa Kent die of a heart attack? No, he dies in a tornado! <laughs> you
1: know? <laughs> it's just another movie that is actively embarrassed that it's about Superman. <laughs> Like, that, like, that That movie is, it's, it, it, I mean, it's the same with Batman. Most Batman movies think it's ridiculous that it had. they have to be, like, Christopher Nolan is so annoyed that he has to make these movies about Batman, because he just wants to rob banks and, and, and break into prisons and stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he just wants to make heat. That's, yeah. he just wants to remake heat. He over wants to over make a again.
1: Tale of Two Cities. <laughs> um... Uh, but uh, yes, so this all starts with. Um, I mean, Superman had two prior to the late seventies, pretty iconic on-screen adaptations. You had the Max, the the, the Fleischer cartoons, which are beautiful, beautiful rotoscoped Superman uh, cartoons. I, I honestly hold up really well. They're they do great yeah. little pieces of animation and uh, Superman. And then the other one is the George Reeves series, which is kind of, like, George Reeves is the sort of quintessential barrel-chested, like, Alex Ross-looking Superman. And, you know, it's it's, it's a low-budget show. It's maybe more famous now for, you know, what happened to George Reeves afterwards. But, you know, I think at its time, like, that was... That was the the thing. That was Superman.
0: And and like the the Christopher Reeve Reeve movie uh, makes references to that show and and calls out stuff from it. All the like, so I mean, it was that was pretty iconic, especially to kids um, at the time. And you know, kids who eventually the boomers uh, who you know who went to see Superman the movie in the theaters. Yeah, but. Um, But I mean, it was it was sort of a a landmark thing because unlike the Batman 60s TV series, the big deal with that was that Richard Donner, the director, wanted to do was to make it feel like a real world and it was and grounded and make it make it. The whole the whole concept was you will believe a man will fly. You know, the tagline, and that was what his big thing was, right? It was verisimilitude. It was wasn't that like the word he had in his office, like printed in the Superman font?
1: I think so. He he worked with the the movies were produced by the Salkins, and the Salkins are, you know, right up there with Golden Globus and the Weinstein's in the unscrupulous film producer uh, Hall of Fame. But, yeah, this was, like, they were taking it seriously. It's the first Superman movie, even though it has some stuff in it that's a little silly, and all, like, all of the Christopher Reeve Superman movies, they take great liberties with the source material. That one is beautifully shot, yeah. beautifully uh, directed. It's It takes everything very seriously, but it's still very fun, and it's very earnest, and it has like real act, like actor, actors in it. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah, they were like, We got Brando, and they got a performance out of them, even though he was being as difficult as he could hope to be, you know. <laughs> and they got Gene Hackman. And they got Gene Hackman. You know, it's like they have, and it's like it was set up to be this like big franchise. But the, the, the like, there's two things in it that have that have made the movie endure. One is. Uh, unsurprisingly, John Williams' score.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and the other one is Christopher Reeve. Like, the, the the line from The Big Lebowski is, you know, sometimes there's a man, and he's the man for his time and place, and that was Christopher Reeve as Superman. He's, as Superman and Clark and Kent. And Clark Kent. That's, yeah. that, and that is really critical, because... Th- as uninterested as filmmakers are in making their Superman movies about Superman, they couldn't give a fuck about making about them Clark about Kent. Clark Kent. So, yeah. but he yeah. was a six foot four, built, broad shouldered, classically handsome guy with his big jawline, and he still somehow makes you believe that he's convincing he's a that he's a convincing, sort of meek, mild mannered reporter that, you know, faints at the sight of a gun. But then yeah. also just taking off his glasses and changing his posture, you believe him as Superman. And yep. he's so and he is the thing the, that carries through from one, two, into three, and even four. He never got bored. He never no. stopped caring about doing right by this character. And that's Like, I don't think you can say that about any other actor that's led a superhero franchise for that many movies.
0: No. I mean, and, and, I mean, as we've seen, like, you, pretty much all the Batman, we've, we've covered two Batman Part 3s. We've covered, uh, two spider-man part threes uh and you know i think actually tom holland is the only other one who like kind of can carry peter parker and spider-man uh on his shoulders more than Christopher reeve i think he's the only other one
1: you can tell tom holland believes yeah and robert downey jr to a lesser extent but he works because you can tell he doesn't believe (laughs) right
0: (laughs) Well, but I mean, but it also, it's like, that character is so much, like, wrapped up in Robert Downey Jr.'s persona yeah. anyway, That's so it's th- a little different.
1: Tony Stark pre-2008 was nothing like yeah. Robert Downey Jr.
0: <laughs> exactly. But, like, you know, there's a moment in Superman 2 where you see... Like, it's on screen. It's just, like, it's a one-take thing where Clark takes off his glasses and he becomes Superman and then puts them back on and becomes Clark Kent. And it's, it's, like, just... And you're, like, oh, yeah, I totally buy these are two different people. It is.
1: You see the transformation on screen. He literally just... It's a physical performance where his shoulders come up and back. I would equate it to... um, You don't see that level of, like, physical transformation in a character from one character to another. You see that in theater and yeah. the only other one that and it's and this is a much showier one is the silent doctor jekyll and mr hyde mm. uh with i think it's john barrymore or lionel barrymore even maybe but he does the transformation on screen in one take and he just goes he just changes his entire physicality without yeah. you know it's it's that level but it's so subtle and it's yeah. and it works so well and you don't get that from brandon routh you don't get that from henry cavill you I don't know. I forget the name of the new guy. Like that's like are they going to even try? Cuz
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's uh I I don't I don't want to speculate too much about James Gunn's new Superman movie. I know that he's a big fan of the Donner movies. So, uh my fear How did that work
1: out last time.
0: Right, right. That's my fear. So, I mean, we'll we'll get into it when we get to Superman Returns, but I, I... I think that these, that Superman needs to take an approach where you ignore the Donner movies and do your own thing. And the, the problem with Zack Snyder's interpretation, I mean, I, I, I like it on some level, but on another level, it just is. It's just trying to be a reaction to Donner's, to the Donner-Reeve stuff and not trying to be its own thing.
1: Yeah. You know? It's... The thing about Superman is you can't treat him like Batman, right? And you can't treat him like you can't treat him like every like like the Five for Fighting song either. <laughs> like Superman is Superman is going to be cornier than Batman. Uh, he's going to have the earnestness of Captain America, but without the war imagery to make right. it, you know, appealing. To the garden, he's tough to do because Superman, like in my opinion, is at his best when he's not up against a specific adversary. Superman is the hero when I picture him stopping a runaway train or you know saving people from a burning building. He's 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 the Boy Scout, like he's going around doing good deeds on a on a global level because he can because he's been sent to Earth to you know. You know be an 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 icon for good I, like create create an ideal for the human race,
0: yeah, I mean, and i I don't mind him having an adversary, but I think the problem is is that especially as like the movies have gotten more and more um like mired in sort of the the universe sharing universe ending threats is that I think his whatever's happening, the threat and the stakes need to be a little more personal with him and Clark Kent and his and his supporting cast in some way, you know. And which is why I think this is my Superman hot take, Sam. Is that I think I think Superman works best on TV. No, I, I where where I, the stakes are smaller and the stakes are more emotional, and, and or and even like on in the comic books where it's serialized. I think it just it works better for that um that that medium, you know.
1: Yeah, especially if it's Superman. On his own, or like not not as part of the Justice League, not playing opposite Batman, like that. When you have that, like the, the DC animated universe, like that's where you go for that. And that you know you have Tim Daly bouncing off Kevin Conroy, and it's you know like just always humming along.
0: Right, well, when you, when you stick them in an ensemble, I think it's a different sort of story and a different kind of kettle of fish. But when it's just Superman on his own, uh, I think it just works best when the stories are more intimate, and TV works more for it because they never had the budget to do sort of the world-ending stuff, so it's always kind. Of, they always had to sort of rely on more emotional stories anyways. I mean, in animation, they could do more, obviously, but again, smaller stories, smaller stakes... I don't know. It just it seems like it works better for him and and his supporting cast.
1: Well, is Superman one and two. He has like a personal arc through yeah. both of them. And what I and then like in the first one, uh, you know, his adver like in both cases. Like in the second one, it is like he's fighting an invading force. That he when he's right. up against a supervillain. Right. Uh, but in the first one, similar to Superman three, it's. He's less like he ha, ha the, the antagonist is less directly trying to destroy Superman, as Superman is this obstacle that's gonna Try, get in, in the way. I, yeah, I, if I, I can't create, you know, uh, Lexifornia or whatever it's called <laughs> because Superman's gonna stop me, I can't destroy all the coffee in Columbia because <laughs> Superman's gonna stop me, so I gotta kill Superman, right? Uh, I guess we should get into Superman 3 because, like they after the like majesty and grandeur of the first two movies and they have this very epic scope and they're you know do, they're doing everything they can to kind of rise above the limitations of their special effects you know something's very wrong <laughs> right away with superman 3
0: well yeah it's it's if you had wandered into the movie late like if you had missed sort of the the logos or anything you would think you were in the wrong theater if you were like Because this movie starts out with, like, Mad Magazine, like, Roadrunner-esque bits. And it's just, like, one sort of, like, Rube Goldberg-esque sequence of events that happens that eventually leads to someone drowning in their car that Superman has to deal with. (laughs) Now, now, just to, to backtrack a little bit... This so Superman one and two were originally supposed to be one movie yes. directed by Richard Donner. Yes, Richard Donner,
1: the, R.I.P. of of Lethal right. Weapon fame and many right. other
0: things. And and The Omen and and a whole bunch of other yeah. hosts of other very wonderful movies. very
1: talented genre and drama director.
0: Yeah, um, so. He was originally originally directed and shot most of Superman one and two, and then eventually, and they were going to be it was going to be one big movie with an intermission in in the middle, right? That's that's my understanding. Essentially, or yes, or something like you that, s- or maybe a roadshow kind of thing. I like, don't know, but
1: like I think it, you they obviously put out that Donner cut when Superman Returns came out, and I think you get a sense of what they were going for. There's lots of things in Superman one that are teed up. For right. Superman to like they introduce Zod and all those
0: characters. So so what happens is the Salkines decide that they can make more money by splitting Superman into two movies and effectively screwing over their um their cast and crew by not paying them for two movies, which is something they also did with the Three Musketeers and the Four Musketeers. And so when Richard Donner says, well, screw you guys, I don't want to deal with this, he walks off the movie and they bring in Richard Lester, who directed the Three and Four Musketeers, to finish Superman 2. Now, Richard
1: Richard, Lester Lester is a (laughs) British, like light comedy actor. I it like the I would say Richard Lester is best suited when not making a three musket like a swashbuckling three musketeers or a hard day's night. He might have been better suited for like a really bad Roger Moore bond.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, and what happens after he completes Superman two is that he says, Hey, Salkinds, you guys owe me a fucking movie because of all this, the shenanigans you played on on the three and four Musketeers. And so they give him Superman (laughs) three. Get paid Richie. And what becomes very apparent at the first 10 minutes of this movie is that this is made for children And no one cares. (laughs) And and children and fans of Of Richard Richard Pryor. Pryor. (laughs) Who is shoved into this movie very awkwardly, and it feels like his direction... I mean, did you get this impression, Sam? It feels like his direction was, do your Richard Pryor thing, and he's like, yeah, I I don't know. (laughs) I'm going to go on a
1: limb and guess Richard Lester was not overly familiar with the comedy of Richard Pryor, and it was just let him riff,
0: you yeah. Know,
1: just, 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 Robert Vaughn's got lines. You don't have any dialogue. Just, just do your Richard Pryor thing. And, and it's, well, it's, I, I don't even know where to begin. Like I was watching this movie, <laughs> and it, and admittedly maybe I've I've softened on it because I got I got, uh, you know, I'm a little more cranky about Superman Returns. But like <laughs> I was watching, it, and I'm like Jesus people today do not know how good they got it with superhero movies yeah <laughs> it's
0: like, well yeah i mean because it, it it just is like the the you know no one took this seriously i mean except for christopher reeve but no one took this movie
1: seriously no no one and, it, it was like it's it started out an original development it was like it, it, as a serious movie and it just got watered down and watered down and watered down and it's like and now it's you know Superman and Richard Pryor versus Brainiac sort of and <laughs> and Bizarro not really.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean and it was clear like the budget it seems like the budget must have gotten slashed at some point during uh, it, production the... or pre-production and like they... like the effects
1: aren't bad. They're they're on a par It's wh- not they're, they're, it's not
0: that the I effects are bad. There's just not a lot of them. You no, know? But like it's,
1: the f- the the flying effects are comparable to yeah. the first two movies. There's a lot of fun miniatures. I, I actually I do think of Rod they filmed on the 07 soundstage. I'm sure, in London, yeah. but it's like there's a lot of Roger Moore Bond energy in this. A lot of miniatures, a lot of uh, you know, that sort of uh action aesthetic a lot of, like, just wedging topical shit in there. Like, suddenly they're using it, like, they're fighting Superman on a video game, you know? Right,
0: yeah. (laughs) I mean, and it, it, so, like, the first, it it just feels like they had a, like, half or maybe two-thirds of a Richard Pryor, like, crime caper, like, action comedy. Richard
1: Pryor in office space.
0: (laughs) Right, I mean, it just, it feels like they have, like, two-thirds of this, of a Richard Pryor movie lying around, and then, like, on a bet or a dare, they were like, can you make this a Superman movie? <laughs> well, it's
1: like, they, they had, like, part of it, they had a... Because even, like, Superman's storyline is still, like, three other movies, because it's like, right. he goes to Smallville, reconnects with Lana Lang good fine great that all tracks (laughs) then it's the like Superman turns evil evil, and it becomes a completely different movie
0: right and then the lot of Lang stuff falls to the wayside and and... then
1: it's Superman versus Brainiac (laughs) it's
0: It's, yeah this movie is all over the place and has probably one of the most hilarious ways to remove a cast member I think I've ever seen where Margot Kidder is just like I'm going to the Bahamas bye (laughs) I kind of liked that because at the end it comes
1: back in and she's she's had a whole adventure of her own where she was like uh, like over through like exposed all this corruption in Bermuda and she's like I should have known the moment I was kidnapped. It's
0: so funny and it's uh, I don't know and like so much of this movie is just insane like just kind of just straight up insanity. Well it's also
1: just protracted tedious scenes of talking and it's all like It sounds bad. It's like they just used the like sound from the day so every yeah, room yeah. has bad acoustics. It has like I I mean if they if, if Brian Singer was thinking back to this movie for his like aesthetic for Superman Returns, I don't know what he was remembering cuz this is like the <laughs> drabbest movie that I've ever seen and and you know as opposed to like the art deco like vomit of Superman Returns.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, it's just so, and it feels so, like, early 80s, and it just feels like everyone, again, aside from Christopher Reeve, is just like, it's for kids. Who gives a shit? Like, that just seems like the sort of guiding ethos. And, like, even, like, the plot, like, where it's like, computers, these marvelous machines, they can do anything! <laughs> it just... Like... Richard Pryor starts out by not knowing anything about computers, becoming a computer genius, robbing the company that he's programming for. I guess, yeah. And he, then, well, he he pulls the
1: Office Space right scam. Well,
0: oh, right, the Office because Office Space references this movie. Which is fine in and of itself, but then it's like it gets to okay. You're hacking into a satellite. That I, will... l- I do
1: like that he gets <laughs> caught like right away because <laughs> he's such a dumbass.
0: Yeah, which is great and and would be kind of a great little little twist in a Richard Pryor crime caper comedy. Like, yeah, you I mean, know. Th-
1: th- and that's how like and and that's how not Lex Luthor uh, gets you know
0: <laughs> right pulls Rob- him into his orbit. Robert Vaughn is just having Robert Vaughn's having a lot. Yeah, of fun.
1: he's having a good time he's like I, I my check cleared uh, this is I'm, I'm I gotta hang out with Richard Pryor with Richard Pryor on this like lavish office set with yeah. my like severe sister and my like you know this script was Lex Luthor in, yeah, in an early draft because it's like he's Absolutely. got he's got a heavy and he's got a bimbo and yes <laughs>
0: And, uh, yeah, I mean, it just, it just kind of runs in place for a while, and then Superman turns evil, because the bad guys get kryptonite, of course, because they always do, and, and then he, metaphorically or literally, it's not exactly clear, fights himself. He, um, he tears
1: himself in twain and fights himself. Uh, do not ask me how. This isn't something Superman normally... Sup- Kryptonians aren't known for reproducing asexually.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: it's... It, I mean, any given moment of Superman in this movie is fun. Like, and and I always like the way uh, Christopher Reeves' Superman goes out of his way to, like, give Clark an alibi. Like, right. he's like, oh, yeah. I was down in this pipe the whole time. Like, he's yeah. always <laughs> off, like... Just just not around not being helpful and but then yeah. he'll, you know it's he's he's so good in these movies. He, he really is. is. He's and then this one he's gotta be like dickhead Superman, uh Which and, he's clearly having a
0: lot of fun doing. And I like that that like evil Superman isn't like evil. He's just kind of a jerk. Yeah. Like he's not like super evil, he's, he's kind just of, like
1: He's like just kind of sick of dealing with everyone, and he wants his, you know, he wants like, when's it, when's all I want is my fair share, you know? Right. He's like, yeah, I I did what you wanted, lady on the Empire State Building. I am gonna bang you, like you said. (laughs) I'm, I like just like sitting in the bar, flicking peanuts and shattering the mirror, just being such an asshole. (laughs)
0: But he's never like he's never like I'm going to rule Metropolis with an iron fist. He's just like I'm just being a jerk. Yeah, I just like his, don't care.
1: Superman's Superman's dark side is just like you know.
0: I can't stand to fly.
1: <laughs> I'm not that nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: boy! And then yeah, I don't know. I mean, then he goes
1: and fights supercomputer. And right, and then that's uh, sort of there's a little... like a bunch of.
0: there's a bunch of video game bits there's yeah. a, a a sequence where Richard Pryor is like hacking into the satellites and it's causing havoc everywhere yeah, and for some, some weather, reason like the weather
1: satellites the and...
0: walk and stop signs fight each other <laughs> it's, <laughs> like, it's just like what is happening Jesus it's like <laughs> verisimilitude
1: oh my god <laughs> yeah it's we're, we're a long way from you know, they can be a great people kind of, they wish to be you know <laughs> It's like I'm not saying that that you have to reverentially keep the tone of Superman the movie, because when you try to do that, it will backfire horribly on you. But this is just like this is just a silly little this. This this is not this is a third movie only in the sense that it came after two other movies. (laughs) It is not advancing the franchise or the character in any way. It is just what can we do? How can we sell this thing? Right. And, you know, how many people can we get back and how little money do we have to spend? Right,
0: exactly. And it's like, well, and we've got Richard Pryor hanging around. Can we get shove him in here somehow? Yeah. And it's uh, it just it feels it feels mm-hmm. lazy again, except for Christopher Reeve, who's like always 100 percent in these movies. No, even he's when everything. Everything, when everything around him he, is falling apart. This one like,
1: and Quest for Peace. He's he's given it his all. And yes. what's funny about Quest for Peace is I think story wise, that's a much more like Superman story. Like that yes. one makes a lot more sense. It's just done on Golan Globus's <laughs> shoestring budget.
0: <laughs> well, you know, it's they were they were losing they were hemorrhaging money thanks to Masters of the Universe at the time, yeah, right? Man, Isn't it, that what happened? <laughs> it was Masters
1: of the Universe and they paid like Shohei Otani money to Sylvester Stallone to uh, right. for over the top.
0: Right, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: they were just buying up any property they could get their hands on, uh, and yeah. like Superman Four, I think was definitely towards the end there. That was very close to when they split up and made their competing Lombada movies. <laughs> <laughs> Came out on the same weekend. That's. I want the movie about the making of the du- the the falling out of Golan and Globus and their dual Lombada movies and their pyrrhic oh my victory. God, that would
0: be amazing. <laughs> Oh my god, I, yeah, somebody should make that. Yeah. Somebody should.
1: We're available, people. <laughs> doing anything. My kid went to bed. <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, Robert Vaughn's having a great time. Like, some of the the um, high school reunion stuff is sort of fun. Yeah, Neto Tool is pretty good as oh, well. Oh yeah, away. I like
1: her. I like the Smallville yeah. stuff. I think it's a nice yeah. change of pace. Like, I like the sequence when he gets to Smallville with the, like, chemical plant. Like, yeah, anytime yeah. he's supermanning. He's good. Like that, yeah. the movie kind of picks up and you get like this sort of tease of the John Williams score, kind of like yeah. s- tries to rev up and then it just peters out. But, uh, yeah, I like, and I like, you know, him meeting his old high school bully, who's now like a yeah. drunk loser. And, yeah. you know, uh, it's, yeah, there's a lot of stuff in here that could be good. It is just story-wise. It's like three different movies all smacked together Coming out of the telepod all deformed.
0: Yeah, it just and without any sort of like clear goal for any of them. It's like, I don't know, it might be fun to see Superman turn evil. I don't know, it might be fun to have the supercomputer guy be the bad guy. Yeah, I mean it's just and like it you just have kinda... to
1: with Superman, you have to have a story that comes up with ways to that use Superman besides him being a Deus Ex Machina, essentially. Yeah. Which And and I think Superman 1 and 2 do that. I think if it wasn't like the jankiest duct tape together piece of crap. I think Superman 4 kind of has that cuz it's right. him about like him trying to be neutral in a like a cold war as it's about to escalate and him right. deciding to do something. I, I, that's interesting. That's actually not a bad angle to go with. And I think Christopher Reeve had a hand in that story. He really
0: yeah, he really the, wanted that.
1: This but. one is is just like it's not like it's Superman having, like, a dark night of the soul and embracing his dark side. It's just something that's done to him. He's acted upon. It's, right. it's it's you know, action and reaction. It's, I mean, this is the... Every superhero franchise deals with this problem. The Tim Burton right. and Joel Schumacher Batmans are movies where Batman is in them. <laughs>
0: but I'm pretty
1: <laughs> sure he only has an emotional arc in, like, Batman and Robin.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's 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 probably right. I mean, I think I think Sam if Superman the movie set the template for all superhero origin stories to follow. Superman 3 sets the templates for all super superhero part threes right yeah it's we... like messy weird and like can't figure out a tone a proper tone can't figure out a story
1: this is the 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 this is the father that uh, that begat batman forever and spider-man 3 absolutely yeah. silly sloppy baby of a movie <laughs> it's like i was I, I was a lot of it's really boring yeah but i wasn't like angry watching it i was kind of just like i kind of knew it was gonna be like like the movie does not Pretend it's anything but a goof.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, there's not enough going on in it to like be angry at it. And I think if it was maybe a little sillier and maybe a, a little had a little more like superhero stuff in it, it could feel like on par with the 1966 Batman movie. Mm. I think. That like, I mean it, it's it's, tone, it's
1: but... not self aware enough. Right. It I mean, doesn't I think give it would a need shit. to.
0: Yeah, it just doesn't care. And and just and and Lester is clearly like how many bits can we fit into one into a scene? I <laughs> I, I I sorely like
1: we got to Doctor Strange it and find the timeline where it, if Christopher Reeve had not been paralyzed and the Salkins like Warner Brothers had gotten Superman back. DC had gotten Superman back and they 1994, 95 post-Jurassic Park Steven Spielberg had gotten into it. Like, what they could have done with Christopher Reeve with, like, a 90s-caliber special effects. Like, 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 just give me... I, I, f- I don't like Hook, but <laughs> that's kind of what you, the tone you need for a Superman movie with Christopher yeah. Reeve.
0: Like, yeah, well, uh, yeah. And no, then, obviously,
1: I mean, the 90s became just, like, let's, you know, the saga of Superman Lives, you know? Well...
0: Right, which we'll we'll talk about in a second. But uh, before we before we jump into that, I do want to say I think if if they were to make again, if if um, if Christopher Reeve was not paralyzed. Most likely, if they made a Superman movie in the mid-90s, it would have been probably a real super loose adaptation of the death uh, and return of Superman story. That's Um, why I want
1: it to come out in 94, because that means it went into production in 93 before Death of Superman came out. Because then you'd have, it would be successful enough that then you'd tee up in like 96, 97. Spielberg does Death of Superman instead of The Lost World.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. See, it's so easy. Movie making is so easy. You guys, everyone, everyone should come out
1: here and get on this gravy train.
0: Very easy, very lucrative. So, oh
1: my god, are you kidding me? Like,
0: just rolling in the money. Just Just rolling. I
1: I I got off the bus and I said, "Where do I go to sell my script?" And a man pointed and said, (laughs) "That way, Sonny." And and before you know it, I'm a millionaire.
0: Well, you signed—Orson uh, Welles gave you the rich and famous yes, contract, yeah, too, yeah. Right? I, I, so... I
1: was in the uh, offices right after Kermit. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: 1987, Superman IV, the Quest for Peace releases, and uh, I, I guess it bombs—I don't know. How well did it do? It must have probably done uh, okay. I, I
1: mean— I mean when you spend one dollar. I mean one... I know I
0: I know that the studio is going bankrupt. When but you like... spend
1: one dollar on the budget, <laughs> uh <laughs> I mean what uh they the movie had like massive budget cuts during production right. and they cut 45 minutes out of it. It was chopped up to shit. Let's not forget also in there there was Supergirl. Oh, um,
0: right. That's right.
1: But um uh, budget of 17 million, it made 36.7 million. So like it's oh, okay.
0: I, okay, it did okay, but the the Superman on the big screen lies fallow. There's a bunch of TV projects that sort of spin uh, um, out. L- there's there's Superboy. There's Lois, Lois and Clark. And uh, there's the Smallville and
1: the Superman animated series. And these,
0: right and the Superman animated series. So a lot of like Superman's around. He's on TV a lot.
1: But uh, as time like the thing with Smallville. Uh, I mean less so, like, the, the Dean Cain Superman had lots of Superman. Yeah. Uh, so did, you know, obviously Superboy had Superboy, and the animated one was, you know, that had tons of Superman, but like, Smallville is the beginning of, we want to do Superman, but, but we, we don't, don't want to have... Superman. <laughs> <laughs> the John <laughs> Peters rules start to take effect. I want to see him in that suit. I don't want to see him fly. <laughs> 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 He's got to fight a giant spider in the third act. <laughs> but... Yeah. We are we, you know, obviously Superman, the movie led into a, the for the 80s and er, 90s era of superhero movies that dies a dies a fabulous neon death with Batman and Robin and is reborn 98, 2000, 2002 with Blade, X-Men, Spider-Man. And this is I would say Superman Returns is the beginning of the end of that era. Like you're riding I, yeah. high. Yeah. 2004, 2002, Spider-Man. 2003, X-Men two thousand four. Two thousand two Spider Man. Two thousand three X Men two. Two thousand four Spider Man two. Yeah, we're go. We're good. We're, good. <laughs> we're humming. Two thousand five Batman, Batman Begins. Holy Begins. shit! A good Batman movie. Can we get Superman going? Two thousand six. Oh my God! We're all amped for Superman. We're so pumped for Superman. Did you ever think you'd be this amped to see a Superman movie? Uh. What happened? Uh. <laughs> No, the, I mean, like, well, first, it's like you can't talk about Superman Returns without talking about X Men Three because right, right, yes, those two movies exist just to spite each other. <laughs> so, yes. Brian's all right. Let, let's get this out of the way right off the top. Superman Returns has at least two and possibly four highly problematic people involved in it because it's got so. it's got Singer, it's got Spacey. It's got Brando.
0: Oh, sure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and, and and it's And, and Langella.
1: And, and Langela. <laughs> so, you don't here's the thing, gang. You don't got this movie's so inessential as a superhero movie. It is it yeah. is it is slavishly reverential to the Christopher Reeve movies, the first two specifically. Like the Richard Donner ones it has yeah. the john williams score it's meant to be a sequel to the first two even though if you think about it for five seconds it doesn't it make doesn't make any fucking sense. sense yeah it's it's poorly cast in a lot of the major roles and it's has no story
0: yeah or nothing it, nothing, nothing happens, happens in it's movie. so
1: boring it has yeah. these moments these glimmers and I will, I can with the exception of like the airplane sequence, every other moment where I remember being like energized in the theater, it's just because you're hearing dun-dun-dun, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun.
0: Yeah, no, that score really does like put like a Pavlovian response in the audience and you're like, oh man, I am up. Whatever you want to do, I'm totally
1: down, movie. Let's do it. I would argue second maybe only to the Imperial March. It's the most effective piece of music John Williams I'd say it's, it's like, you hear, it's Imperial March, this, and Raiders March. Like, yeah, those are the three yeah. that you could watch paint dry, and you'd hear those, and you just, you have a certain emotion that comes up.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, uh, obviously there's a lot of problematic people uh, involved in this, specifically on the creative And We're, we're going to get um, to it.
1: I've, I've got I've got fixes. I got it all figured out. Elise and I watched but, uh, the movie yesterday, and we were, like, I was going into it kind of like, I know this movie's boring. I know it's not that great. I
0: was kind of horrified at how li- li- little I enjoyed it. Well, me too. And I remember I remember coming out of the theater and being like, you know, that's a good no, kind of, like, back-to-basic Superman I, thing. And I then... had some
1: Phantom Menace caliber <laughs> denial the first time around. I,
0: and I hadn't revisited this movie since it came out on home video. So, like... It, I hadn't I hadn't seen this in probably what eighteen years. Well, I remember like. I definitely
1: bought it on DVD because, uh, and I don't think I ever watched the movie. I just watched all the special features because that fucker Brian Singer was one of those guys that really cared right. about making good DVD releases. And there's a great documentary because when it came out, also all the other mo- Superman movies came out on DVD in these really right. well done box sets. Uh, and it was all about the making of it. And they put a lot of TLC into this movie. But the problem is the movie has no identity of its own. And it is, it's is—it's set in the present day of 2006. But it has this weird anachronistic feel to everything. But it has modern technology. But it's yeah. not like a stylized world. It's not, I don't know, uh, it's not Streets of Fire. It's not no, Sky it's, Captain. You know, it's yeah, still supposed it, to be playing it straight
0: yeah and it 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 does this thing where it has Superman the movie the premise of the movie is that Superman has been off world for five years looking for Krypton, yeah, and he comes back and I mean, I think that the the reason it's sort of a baffling creative choice, but I, I mean I think the idea was it's like, well, let's reintroduce the world to Superman and explain why he wasn't around for 9-11. Like, this is... It, it is the weirdest thing that... It really does feel like 9-11 casts a shadow on this movie in the strangest way. Do you get this sense, too? It's Or is it just me? I mean...
1: That era where, like, you had jingoistic, but also, like, anti-jingoistic stuff. I remember it was a big, like... It, it would be, it, if it came out today. The, the, there were I remember there was a kerfuffle about oh, he right, says the, truth, uh, justice, all that stuff instead of truth, right. justice, and the American way. And it's like who gives a fuck? <laughs> like, I, Frank Langella probably just didn't want to read the line. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I have to pause. I want to pause here. Frank Langella is so miscast in this part because w- I, I feel like watching it this time. I'm like. He feels like he's in on the villain's plan. Right. Yeah. Because he's yeah. just like Lois wants to uh, uh, investigate this blackout that's like Kevin uh, Kevin Spacey Lex Luthor is all is behind and he's like no, I want you on Superman. Focus on Superman. And he's like shots of him like looking out the window and he's like darkly lit when Superman comes back there's a shot of him looking all pensive. I'm like right. You you seem really sus, dude. Like what is going <laughs> on? And he's supposed to be, like, I feel like in the original movies, he's basically good J. Jonah Jameson. That's how you should play him. Like, he's cantankerous, a cantankerous old newsman. Lawrence Fishburne's actually really good when he does it. He's a a good casting choice for that.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, say what you will about Snyder. He's actually very good at casting uh, in general. Um, But, like... Up to a point. Up to a point. (laughs) Up to a point.
1: (laughs) I don't. I don't care. If, I don't care. If, I, all I want is just the original flavor Lex Luthor in a movie, without all right. these weird, va- without the Johnny Carson jacket variant and the 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 you know Z- Zuckerberg variant and the sexual predator House of Cards variant. I just want. I just want
0: the original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Or the at least the the John Byrne like businessman. Yeah, just, I
1: want I w- I, I want, want that one. I, want, I Cla- want that one. I want Clancy Brown. I want my yeah. Clancy Brown. Like he's yeah. so he is the the Superman voice cast doesn't get the love that the Batman animated voice cast gets. But Tim Daly and to a lesser extent George Newbern are really good as Superman, and Clancy Brown is so good as and, Lex Luthor.
0: And Dana Delaney, right? Uh, yes, Dana Delaney uh, as, as, as Lois. As. Yeah. she's great. I, no, the, the problem. I mean, like, like I said, that this movie just feels like there's like this this pall of like nine eleven over everything, it's even very, though it's never mentioned.
1: It's very somber. It's a very right. he's a very emo super. He's tr- they're directing him to be like Christopher Reeve. He's trying to have like the Clark Kent awkwardness, but it's not like, but his performance is so understated and like just sort of very, very sad. And was, I can't stand to fly. I'm not <laughs> but it, that. That, the damage that song did to Superman. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but this like this, you know, the, the having Superman leave and come back. It, it turns this movie into a very strange soap opera well, that does not work.
1: Blink and you'll <laughs> miss the conceit. It's like three right. lines of text at the beginning. I think I, I, I this is my rewrite. This is how this is my rewrite. Superman, you do Superman leaving Earth for five years as a variation on the death of Superman, and right. when he comes back, it's all about who stepped up to take his place. You have clone Superboy. You have an ordinary guy like Steel. You could even be like, in his absence, Supergirl arrived, and and it's and it, and it becomes Superman wondering, do they need me anymore? Can right. I, it, did w- w- like I left and the world moved on without me. That like, what what's my role here? And it ultimately becomes like you know sort of a pseudo Justice League movie where it is him, you know that that ideal that he always stood for. Has been passed on to these other heroes. But instead it's just he comes back and it's just business as usual. The only difference is he doesn't have a romance with Lois because Lois, in his absence, met the real hero of the movie. Right. Richard White. <laughs> played by James Marston, who is so decent and understanding and kind and smart. He figures out Clark as Superman
0: right like, away in his
1: second scene.
0: Yeah. He's
1: <laughs> heroic to a fault. He's a good dad. He's a good husband. And he's a good reporter because he's like the executive there. Like he's right, the assistant yeah. editor in chief. He's the what's supposed to be like the, 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 you know, the other man, the, 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 the toast other man, uh, Carrie Elwes and Liar Liar. It, it's, it, you know, he's so much more magnetic and charming and heroic than Superman, who's just—I don't think Brandon Routh is a bad actor, and I don't think he's no. doing a—I don't think he's miscast in this, except that I think he's maybe cast too young, but he's just given so little to work with.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, and and that's the—I mean, I think that that's the problem, is giving this—you uh, know, it should be— a typical Superman story. If you're doing like a a romantic comedy or romantic drama, the typical thing is to do the Superman, Clark, Lois love triangle. Right. And it's like, why it's such a baffling creative decision in my mind to have this other guy there and have him be basically like you say, he's Superman. He's like his, his, his personality and everything is he's Superman. He just doesn't have the Clark Kemp persona. And so it it just makes this movie feel like this soap opera that just runs in place for, like, an hour and a half while there's Superman stuff and supervillain stuff kind of orbiting around it.
1: Lex Luthor's, like, often his own story having, like, the, the, the dumbest supervillain scheme that I've ever seen. But it's, it's, yeah, that's why I think it's, like, it should have been about, yeah, him coming back. You have to really heighten up maybe the world didn't need me it should it right. should be like it, forget 911 911 doesn't count in the superhero world cuz in in, in 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 canon three kryptonians arrived on earth and with laser beams re-sculpted mount rushmore <laughs> in their image lest we not
0: forget the entirety of metropolis was trashed just by them blowing really hard right no 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 i mean it's it's not that uh Again, the movie doesn't bring this up, but it's like it's very clear. It's five years from two thousand one to two thousand six, and it's like he clearly missed nine eleven. Like that is clearly what the movie is saying. Yes, in a way, it's like he missed nine eleven, and our heroes are gone. Like on a meta level, we we he, Superman missed 9-11. Our heroes are gone. We need them back, and it's like I, I you think know, you, that's-
1: if he's gone and he comes back, you have to play it one of two ways. It either has to be. The beginning of Justice League, Zack Snyder's Justice League, where it's like Superman's dead and the world has lost hope. And the world's falling to ruin. And they need Superman. Alternately it's he comes back and it's it's kinda like it is in this movie. Everything's fine. Everything is okay. Why is it okay? Are there new heroes? Did anyone step up? Did the world really not need me? What is, you know, who am I you know I think that's like he couldn't he does he's he really doesn't feel like he belongs anywhere now I think you have to really lean into that because it is about this movie is about Superman has been gone from the cultural zeitgeist since the 80s like since the death of Superman like that's the last time Superman was a big deal to anyone and uh, it has to be like okay he's back now what? What, what, what role does he play in this world? We know what Batman's gig is. We know what Spider-Man's going to superhero, but he's got to go make rent. You know, who is Superman and what is, what does he now represent?
0: Right. And And I, and I think that that, no, I think you're absolutely right. And it's like the movie makes sort of these motions to this idea, but it doesn't it never explores it. It's like he goes to look, goes to Krypton to look for, I guess, survivors to see if he's like the only one in the universe or whatever. But it doesn't like connect to this idea to like, well, someone's trying to make new Krypton on Earth. Like, wh- why aren't those two threads connected? Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that he was gone for five years.
1: I think that uh, if they'd made Superman fly by, uh, the big reveal that (laughs) Lex Luthor is a Kryptonian would have come into play.
0: Right, I mean, and and this is also part of it, is like this is clearly taking, like, bits and pieces of, like, 15 other Superman movies that were in development at the time and sort of jamming them together. Yeah, I mean, the... the... With a Donner Sheen over it.
1: Well, yeah, that's the thing, is like, he was able to trade on the success of because this was Brian Singer's baby he left the X-Men franchise to make this movie and you know he like he wanted to make it as much like the Donner movies as possible Uh, but it was coming on the heels of many many just failed Superman sequels and reboots there was a Batman versus Superman there was Superman flyby there's you know, Tim Burton's Superman famously with Nicolas Cage, and it's...
0: And, and it just, I mean, so the, and then they wanted, they, they, I mean, basically through most of the, the like the end of the nineties into the early two thousands, they wanted either to do the death of Superman or Batman versus Superman. That's yep. like what they wanted to
1: do. I got the um, wish. You happy? You happy DC? How'd it work out for you? And
0: they did eventually do that in Batman V Superman, which managed to combine both those two ideas into one. Yeah. Much <laughs>
1: like, uh, X-Men three is like, we're going to do the cure story and we're we're gonna work all of Dark Phoenix in there as a B plot,
0: or or uh, the Dark Knight Rises, where it's like here's uh, Nightfall, here's Dark Knight Returns, here's No Man's Land. Oh my God,
1: stop doing that! It's one thing to have three villains; it's another to have three plot lines that don't mix. And it is like, I I don't get the why. Why does Superman and Batman need to fight? Like well, when Superman so- and Batman first met in the animated series, they had one. They had two scenes where they, like, conflicted with each other, and then they figured out what the other one brings to the table. And they realized, oh, Lex Luthor and the Joker have teamed up. We gotta stop them.
0: Right. So, okay, here's here's a very, very lukewarm defense of Batman v. Superman, which I don't think is a good movie, but I do think is an interesting mess. <laughs> So so I think the problem with that movie is that someone somewhere along the way said Batman and Superman can't fight, and the only way that they can fight is if they are manipulated into it. And so the movie spends a really an absurd amount of its runtime, especially in the extended cut, which is like three and a half hours, of like getting Superman and Batman into this place to fight each other, even though the movie sets up from, like, the opening 10 minutes that Batman wants to fight Superman.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. They don't need to be manipulated because they've already portrayed Batman as out of character as humanly possible. Gun-toting, grenade-throwing, murderous Batman. Right,
0: I mean, and I think the idea, and this is Zack Snyder's big problem, and I think I've said this to you a number of times, Sam. Zack Snyder's big problem is that he... He is ruled by the rule of cool. And any time that a thematic concern of his bumps up against the rule of cool, the rule of cool is going to win. So what happens is he makes a movie where he wants to deconstruct the meta aspects of Batman and Superman and then reconstruct them in the same movie. And because he's a lunatic and is like, I want to see like big explosions and I want to see the Batmobile throw a boat at somebody... Like it undermines any thematic concerns he's trying to do. Anyway, that's my half-hearted, uh, uh very half-hearted defense. Fair. I mean, <laughs> <I'd> be Superman.
1: <laughs> look, I got nothing with those movies. They're they're very very they're they're exhausting. All of them, except of all movies, Aquaman are embarrassed that they have these characters in them. The only one that was like lean in, motherfucker. This is a movie about a man who talks to fish. It was like Aquaman, like of all of them. I don't know how that happened. That's yeah. the upside down we live in these days, where they and, were like, you, you know what? We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna somehow make this work with Aquaman.
0: And that is the most successful DC extended universe movie of them all. Uh, take that as you will. <laughs> um, but anyway, back to Superman Returns.
1: If we must. <laughs> well, um, so like. Miss uh, talking about casting. Uh, yeah, like Brandon Routh and Kate Bosworth, if they are indeed supposed to be Christopher Reeve and Margot Kidder's Superman and Lois, are so young,
0: way too young. Like Brandon Routh, way all right, young. fine,
1: I'll let it go. He's so the, the way they light him and shoot him, he's so like waxy.
0: Yeah, he doesn't look like a real person. He's like a little, like way. he's like
1: too young and clean, and this should be an older a little more, like, older, a little more wizened Superman. Like, just, let's say for the sake of argument, the first movie and the second movie take place over the course of a year. Like, this yeah. give it a year. But not including, like, the flashbacks in Smallville. Right. Margot Kidder was 30 in 1979. So let's just say for the sake of argument, Lois is 30. So she's about 35, 36 in Superman Returns. Kate Bosworth... Was 23 when this movie came came out, which means she was 18 when Clark left
0: her. Yeah, no, no, no. It, it, it I don't, I don't buy her. Also, as the mother of a five year old, I just like, I don't. There's nothing about Lois works in this. James movie.
1: Marsden, when this movie came out, was 10 years older than her. He was in his early 30s. So, I am. To fix the age issues and to scrub this movie of its problematic cast members, I have taken the liberty of doing some, uh, with the help from my lovely wife, recasting Superman Returns. We're going to do a page one rewrite as well, uh, but that's beside the point. So uh, (laughs) uh, Margot Kidder was 30, so I specifically cast actresses that were 30 plus in their early 30s in 2006. And I also specifically ruled out anyone at the time who was already in a superhero franchise. So I'm sorry, Jennifer Garner and Elizabeth Banks. I think you both would have been good, but you're already committed. Uh, You could have gotten Amy Adams, who was considered. Claire Danes was considered. Carrie Russell was considered. uh, Laura Frazier from Titus. I think she could have done it. Oh, yeah.
0: She could have been. Yeah.
1: Fucking Rachel Vice. Was the right age? Oh,
0: she would have been a great Lois. Kate
1: Winslet. She never would have done it, but but she
0: also would have been a good Lois. But
1: I mean, this is all just because you could get Linda Cardellini, and she would have been the right age, and she would have been so good, and it would have jump started her career. It's that's that's so yes. All right, so Linda Cardellini is our Lois Lane. Um, Superman's tougher because I know that just because Christopher Reeve was an unknown, they wanted to cast an unknown. But you know who was an unknown in 2006 and was in his mid 30s? John Hamm.
0: Oh, I mean, and, and everyone wanted him uh, to be Superman in in Man of Steel. I think he would be he would be great. Honestly, I think you could have just put James Marsden as Superman. Yes, I I, I, think I think he would have been a great he great would have been
1: good. And another one that I because I, I really like him on Strange New Worlds, uh, Anson Mount. He's got oh, the sure. jawline yeah. for it, you know. He would have then yeah. never had to do uh, Black Bolt in The Inhumans. <laughs> um, so Kevin Spacey was born in 1959. So I specifically looked for other actors born in 1959, and that was how I did my casting. For, for Lex Luthor, you could get Clancy Brown.
0: He would have been a great one. I mean, I know he, he, he did the voice for the animated one, but he would have been great. He
1: he's got the look. He looks great. Yeah. Bradley Whitford, Matthew Modine, oh. David Hyde Pierce, Sean Bean, oh. and I kind of like this one, Kyle McLaughlin.
0: Oh, he would be great. I he really like great.
1: this. It brings some of that Twin Peaks weirdness to it.
0: He um he re- he reminds me a lot of the guy like isn't it John Shea or something who was Lex Luthor in um the Dean Kane, the Lois and Clark yeah show. and also
1: uh he he has a lot of uh, John Glover energy like yeah, Lionel yeah, yeah, Luther yeah. on Smallville yeah um yeah. Perry White I, I I specifically cast actors that are, would, would have been about 65 to 70 years old at the time and I like any of these so take your pick spin the wheel William Devane no Ronnie Cox yeah Sam, Sam Waterston Martin Sheen and my favorite John Mahoney I think John Mahoney. I think John Mahoney, because he, he
0: reminds me the most of uh, who, played him in the, who played him in the original... Um, uh, Jackie
1: Cooper, I think. Yeah, I yeah. think
0: he reminds me the most of I Jackie I think he's Cooper. got
1: that cantankerous thing, and it's coming right off of Frasier in 2006. Yeah. So like, yeah. And so in my page, if, I'm, if we do my version where there's new heroes that have come up in this, and we do Supergirl, uh, actresses that are, say, 18 to 20... In 2005 and six, you could have had Allison Pill, Kaylee Cuoco, Carrie Mulligan, Brittany Snow, Betty Gilpin, or Amanda Seyfried as your supergirl.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. And then I, uh, just for good measure, if we don't want Brando footage in there, <laughs> uh, Brando was 55 in 1979, uh, so, uh, William Hurt, I was thinking, for Jor-El. Yeah. So that's my casting can. for Superman Returns. It's close to the original. It's spiritually a sequel, but it has an identity of its own. Yeah. Without getting I mean, too I, weird like Superman Lives was gonna be.
0: Yeah, I mean it I just the, the problem with this movie is it also, like, when you think about it, and I was really excited for this movie, but I loved the Donner movies when I was a kid, but like I don't think general audiences, like, care all that much about the Donner movies. No. I mean, not it's, not in the way, like, not in the way that they care about the original Star Wars movies. You know, I don't think you need to do this, a legacy sequel to those movies.
1: No, those movies don't have the they don't have the because they're 10 years older and they're not like millennials movies, like Gen X. I know Gen X people love the Christopher yeah. and Supermans, but um they don't have the same staying power as uh the Burton Batmans in in the yeah. same way. They don't they didn't they didn't they don't have that... Say, like I think in 2006, people were hyped for Superman Returns because we just wanted more superhero movies. We were finally getting right. good superhero movies. And then this movie came out, and that's like, it's the beginning of the end, because then you have yeah. uh, Fantastic... That same summer, you have X-Men, X-Men 3. You have X-Men 3, right? Fantastic 4, the next summer, Spider-Man 3, and yeah. and that's the end. That's the end of that that cycle. And then in 2008, right. it starts
0: back up again. With with Iron Man and the Dark Knight, yeah. I mean and it's um Yeah, it's just but it just it and, and the fact that this movie hinges on a plot point from Superman 2 is just baffling to me. It is oh, such yeah. a like a
1: boneheaded creative decision. <laughs> I was trying to explain to Elise why like alright, I was like, okay, yeah, they did have sex in Superman 2, so it is his kid. But she doesn't remember because depending on which version you watch, he kissed her
0: really hard. Or went or went back in time, like right, like isn't that? It's like
1: in the Donner cut, he just pulls because it was all going to be one movie. Right, he pulls the same stunt as the end of Superman one, where he goes back, he runs the Earth backwards. Uh, But in the theatrical cut, he literally grabs Lois and kisses her so hard, so hard that she forgets the events of the film.
0: (laughs) You know, it's one of those things that it. It makes me appreciate uh, Spider-Man 2 that much more. That it has, like, the courage to be like, you know what? These two can be together. We can do it. Yeah. (laughs) They still are together. Like,
1: in in Far From Home, they're still together. It also makes me, like, so forgiving of, you know, that Peter Parker didn't have mechanical web shooters. Because, like, these movies just were, like whatever the plot whatever needed, power superman could do <laughs> yes. superman 3 to its credit does not come up with a bunch of new powers but superman 2 has like telekinesis his chest symbol out, it becomes like a cellophane <laughs> net uh he can wipe your memory with a kiss which right. seems really questionable <laughs>
0: <laughs> it it really is like but it is so strange that, that, I mean, aside from the fact that, like, Jason is a non-character in this movie and does nothing except, like, throw a piano at somebody. He's
1: non, a non-entity on a level that's, like, awkward. Like, yeah, he's so because he's, he's there. Because he and talks, he just sort of, and it's not yeah. like they're playing him, like, you know, challenged in some way. He's just right. so quiet, but he's, like, he's occasionally, like, and has a line and or does something silly like a kid, and it's just, it's very weird how, like, sort of... He's treated like such a prop for most yeah. of the movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, because he doesn't do anything. I mean, he, and even like when he's being like menaced, he just kind of has this expression on his face like, eh, I no, could be anywhere I, else. <laughs> I, I would
1: cut the sun angle completely uh, in my version. He comes back and you have Superboy who is a clone and it turns out he's a Lex, uh, Lex Luthor clone and that's part of Lex Luthor's evil plot while uh,
0: Superman was away. And sure, I... it's like
1: him being a mentor figure to this kid.
0: Sure. I I think that that's, like, if you're going to have a superpowered child, I think that's what you have to do. And in this movie, Superman mopes so much and just kind of sits around, and the child character is a non-entity that by the time you... I mean, and from the moment the kid shows up, you're like, well, that's Superman's kid. You just know it. Like, it's not even, like, a mystery. It's not even a very well, like, hidden mystery. And so you get to the end, and you're just like, okay. Yeah, there's no reason
1: for the kid to be in the movie. You you can have the other guy plot. The only reason right. the son is there is because he's Superman's kid,
0: right? It's and like because Wyatt. the movie
1: just uses reuses all the like, son becomes the father dialogue,
0: right? Which I I like on on in theory, but you have to like do it. You have to like really commit to it. Like, and and he sh- Superman. If this movie were to actually work on some level, Superman should figure out that that's his kid halfway through the movie and be like wanting to be a father, right? I mean, like, that's what the movie should be.
1: I cannot believe I'm about to use this as a template for how this movie should go. <laughs> but Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yes! He's yeah. acting as a father figure regardless of whether or not it's his son. Because he's a hero and he's a teacher. Like, you know, you you don't have to... like it, uh, Not that it mattered, because uh, Mutt ends up getting fragged in Vietnam, but... <laughs> <laughs>
0: I Where still haven't that, seen that movie, so I guess that's a... a I, I'm
1: not going to give away tons of spoil. I don't want to spoil it too much for you, but I think there is nothing more appropriate to sum up Harrison Ford's relationship to his career than that movie ending with him lying there begging for them all to just leave him behind
0: <laughs> <laughs> and d- let him die. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, no, I mean, it's, yeah, like... Y- like you said, it's like he should be, be being a father figure to this kid just because he's he's a good person. Well, And that
1: means and you have to make the kid a character. And you get that in Superman and Lois, now on the CW, which is right, all about him being a, a dad.
0: Which is a great angle for a Superman story. I mean, like, it's really, like, an interesting idea as, like, for a Superman story to go. But I, I don't know. Maybe the kid, like couldn't maybe he wasn't a very good actor i don't no, maybe i
1: i just don't I think don't... that that was in uh, like or, uh, he's a plot device right. talk, i mean it I, it it everyone like... is underserved by the material and the direction yeah. because yeah, like it's just... unless Brian singer like Brian singer i think is a good director he makes good movies in spite of his abilities as a director like I think that, usual yeah. suspects Guess what? You know who the real winner of that is? The guy that wrote the scripts and now does Mission Impossible movies. The X-Men movies have are so well cast and
0: uh, you know, like that's
1: it. He doesn't have any no, other I good mean, movies.
0: Well in my 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 feeling about Singer and the X-Men his X-Men movies in particular are there's usually two, two good sequences and then everything else is kinda like eh. I don't know. I don't but the,
1: know. there's enough good actors in it that can make a ma- it They carry like, it. You yeah. have you at if if nothing else you have in any given scene Hugh Jackman, Rebecca Romaine, Ian McKellen or Patrick Stewart making a meal out of the material.
0: Yeah, no. And and you or know Brian and, Cox, you know. And and the the best I mean X-Men 2 is pretty good I think. But the well, best Well, X- I of really those...
1: appreciate the fact that X-Men 2 in this modern age you think about like Ant-Man Quantumania and the absurd mm-hmm. like vomit of special effects and that x-men 2 is a movie that is so tense and well-paced and the final act is just people running around what is probably the same hallway set just redressed (laughs) redressed. over and over
0: yeah but i but i remember watching um uh days of future past and being like oh singer is a pretty good action director like a lot of that movie like really works but um, but
1: then he did apocalypse and that movie looks like shit
0: No, and so so, and allegedly he was barely there. So Um, like you know, like
1: (laughs) oh my god, can you imagine uh, if 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 the worst thing about him was just he had a bad work ethic? I know, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yeah. But that's the thing. He's like he's, and and this is the same with Kevin Spacey. Nothing he's done makes the shit he pulled worth it. Right, Never, never is. I don't care how good. I don't care how good you think American Beauty is. No, I. am that, no, I'm, That's I'm another with problem with, with Superman you. Returns is you have no performance to latch onto because Kevin Spacey is not giving it his. He's no. not even like playing it up. You will fuck you for two terrible Parker Posey superhero movies. <laughs> <laughs> I love Parker Posey. Yeah, she must but have been what trying. What the to... hell is going on here?
0: <laughs> it is. Uh, she must have been trying to like do a pivot in her career right around this time, where she was like, "I'm gonna be in blockbusters. This is gonna be my thing." She <laughs> <Yes. laughs> she's in this and then in Blade at Trinity as oh well, and it's God. like, what is what was her what was her goal here? I mean, maybe she was just like, this, I don't
1: know. This one, I don't Blade Trinity. I do not know, but the this on paper probably seems it like makes your, sense. it's this this the. Up to the point where you watch the movie, everything about this movie makes it look amazing. Remember the teaser for Superman Returns? It's one of the best teasers for a movie ever. Like, it's so beautifully... It's just beautiful shots, the perfect amount of music, and the Marlon Brando lines, and you're sucked in. Yeah. Like, it's it's this... Like, this was, like, so well curated up to the point of watching the movie. It's... Right up there, marketing-wise, with every Star Wars prequel. Because three times in a row, we all went to Star Wars prequels thinking, just having been hyped up by the build and the build. And I think at the end of the day, we're going to look back at the last 40 years of filmmaking and realize there weren't movies. There was just John Williams music. (laughs)
0: No, I mean I think you I think you're right. And the, the John Williams music does a lot of heavy lifting in this movie and and
1: and its absence is felt in Superman yep. 3.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I just yeah, there's so much about this movie that watching it now just baffled me. And it's like it's not like Superman doesn't have good villains or good stories in the comic books that you could go to. There's like There was, what, like 70 years worth of stories that you could look at and, like, put into this movie, and instead they go back to these two movies that are, like, you know, 20 years old! Yeah, that's the (laughs) thing
1: I don't necessarily mind that they didn't make Death of Superman, and that they didn't make it, like, oh, he's gonna get another guy he can punch, like Zod or Doomsday, but to go back to like the dumbest thing about the originals is the Lex Luthor stuff and his right. stupid plans and Otis and all that it's like th- he's not a menacing villain and no, it, they went yeah, back to a... that and it's like i i don't know I, it's it's there 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 had to be a better way and uh i don't know if we found it yet
0: <laughs> no i mean but it's just it it this movie it's just one Weird, boneheaded creative decision after another, and it has the strangest sense of humor, mm. right? Like it, the movie has that. Like it opens with uh Lex Luthor being like Max Bialystock right, where he's like sleeping with old women to get money, and then like one dog eats another dog. Yeah, no. <laughs> like, it's,
1: like... it's not funny. It's not even no. like Richard Lester funny. It's no. so earnest when it's trying to be earnest, but its sense of humor is like.
0: Uh, Perry white's super misogynist you know like, right or or it's or it's like oh these it's like weirdly cynical in its like in its sense of humor you know like it's like oh this dog is gonna eat it ate this other dog and then at the end of the movie they're on this like deserted island and it's like we're gonna eat the dog man. and you're like what is with dog eating
1: I, you ever tried to <laughs> you ever like shaved a pomeranian there's not much there man you're not it's not gonna sustain you
0: i it's i don't i don't a lot of like jokes just like don't land. Nothing with Lex
1: Luthor works, and I I, no, I, I suspect no. a lot of it was like cut stuff too. Because of course you have um, Cal Penn as Silent Man, you get the, <laughs> you, you, you get the sense that the movie was like wanted to do more with the henchmen because they get a right. lot of screen time. Like he's got he's got Silent Man and he's got a. Uh, Clown dog skullhead and like right, the other yeah, and, and camera guy. <laughs> and
0: it's like... Right, and that one guy and is the the skullhead guy who plays heart and soul with yeah, the kid? Yeah, he's yeah. like he's
1: evil. You know, he's really bad because he takes off his hat and he's got clown dog skull man on it, <laughs> on his skull.
0: Yeah, God, this movie, I mean, it, it's such a I mean, I guess it's it, it's only really it's like a curio at this point. It's like here's this legacy sequel to these movies that everyone kind of likes but no one really like loved enough to like and it's and it, and want it, to have more. And it makes
1: the cardinal sin of any movie, especially a superhero movie, is it's boring.
0: Right. Like, nothing happens. You, nothing if happens. If you
1: can't be Spider-Man 2 or Iron Man or Superman the movie, you got to be Batman and Robin. Right. You got to give me you got it. You got to dance on the piano. Like, with your douchebag hair, like Spider-Man 3. You know, like, that... Like, if if you can't... And that's the problem is, like, half of the... More than half of the superhero movies coming out now are just mega-budget, middle-of-the-road movies. They're neither... They're they're too controlled in their creative process to be spectacular disasters. They don't let that happen. But they're also just... They have no identity, and they're not... That like with the rare exception of like when like a James Gunn gets to go through and actually right. stays caring long enough to
0: keep making movies
1: good. Looking at you, yeah. Taika Watiti. But <laughs> uh
0: <laughs> Or I mean, or maybe the system just grinds them down at a certain point and they're just like, hey you know, whatever he's
1: He became embarrassed with the source material. And yep. that is that kills your movie, unless you are... Because then you can't even be self-referential like Deadpool because Deadpool loves Deadpool, you know? Right. It's, it's yeah. being made by someone who cares passionately about doing right by this character. It's why, I think, it's why Dark Knight and Batman Begins work so much better than Dark Knight Rises. It's why, you know, Spider-Man 1 and 2 work better because Spider-Man 3 is wildly embarrassed by Venom, you know? It's, right, it's, yeah. It's, you have, if you, and it's, to me, it's the thing at the end of the day, it's why I cannot get on board with, like, Man of Steel, and, to a lesser, and, and Batman and Superman has a, a whole bunch of other problems, but if, if your movie is visibly embarrassed by the defining tropes of the character, then you have no business making this movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, like I said, I, I like Man of, I like... I think, two-thirds of Man of Steel. I think it, it, it forgets every thematic thing it's trying to do in its third act, but which makes it sort of fit, fail as a movie. Yeah. But I like a lot of what it's trying to do up until that point. Yeah, it's,
1: it's not without ambition. And, and I will also say, in defense of Superman Returns, that is not a movie that's embarrassed by Superman. It's just no. a movie that has no creative imagination of its own.
0: Right, yeah. It just feels like it's creatively bankrupt. And it's like... And nothing... I, I mean, it takes like an hour and a half for Superman and Lex Luthor to cross paths. They only
1: have one scene together. Yeah, it's it, it's like, you know the movie that reminds me of the most, and
0: I think we were talking about this yesterday
1: is Peter Jackson's King Kong. Yeah, because that one was yeah. also like like slavishly devoted to the original King Kong and had all these like, referential things in it, like, you know, referencing the, or like, Marion Cooper and the original film, and he was like, I'm gonna put the Spider-Pit sequence back in. Right. But it is, like, it's at the expense of the movie, the movie becomes so self-indulgent that you yeah. stop being, it's, it's a better movie than Superman Returns, by a wide yeah. margin, because, yeah. like, Christopher Reeve playing Superman, Andy Serkis playing an ape will <laughs> carry you a long way. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, and and uh, no, I'm I'm with you. I mean, and and I've I've always said that I think there's like Peter Jackson's King Kong is a 90 minute masterpiece trapped in a two and a half hour monstrosity, and, but it's but I what I love about um, Peter Jackson's King Kong though is it's clearly like. A filmmaker being like, no studio is ever going to give me this much money and this much resources to make my King Kong movie, and by God, I'm going to make my King Kong movie. Yeah,
1: if it kills me. Like, <laughs> absolutely. he's That's the thing. Th- there's a passion there. Right. It it just... And, it, and it's... He has... He's just like, yeah, the, that is a man that is like, okay, I had to spend the last decade of my life creating a universe and using every piece of imagination I'm capable of having... Beyond anything I've ever done before to make Lord of the Rings, this is like okay. Now, yeah, like you said, it's like I got a free pass to the buffet. I'm gonna make. Yeah, what, I could I do whatever, like, I can, whatever the fuck I, I this want. This is the and I'm only time I'm gonna get to write my own ticket.
0: Yeah, and and I respect that more than I respect this movie, because at least I can feel when. When Peter Jackson's King Kong gets to like its self indulgent points, and I kind of check out, at least I feel like there's like someone who's like really excited about what they're making. You know what I mean? Yeah. This this doesn't. This aside from someone being like, I love the Richard Donner Superman movies. It's like, what do you like about Superman? Well, I love the Richard Donner Superman.
1: These movies, (laughs) movies, Superman Returns, feels like a movie where like Bryan Singer got really excited when he got to walk on the set and see, like, his Fortress of Solitude set or right. his Daily Planet set, and then someone whispered in his ear, like, you still
0: have to make a movie. And yeah. he got
1: really annoyed.
0: Yeah. Or it's like, yeah, the, uh, it's just the... Uh, it's it just, like whatever care would have gone should have gone into the script just wasn't there and i don't know there may have been problems in development i know that this movie and x-men 3 were kind of rushed into theaters to compete against each other so i don't know maybe that was a problem but uh i don't know this this was a real disheartening watch cuz what i remember about the movie being like eh, it's kind of boring but i remember liking most of it and it was this was really hard. It was a slog.
1: There's not much to latch onto. You know, there's no Christopher Reeve. There's no yeah. like you all you have are the the thing is, the best parts of the movie are all referencing stuff from a better movie. Yeah.
0: And it has it's yeah. like
1: it's not it has no identity of its own and and even Peter Jackson's King Kong takes swings and does different shit and is like, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make Kong this really fleshed out character and I'm going to portray him in a way that we've never seen before. You know, there's none of that in this one. It's like it's like they don't even do with the exception of the air saving the airplane. That one sequence, there's nothing that Superman does in Superman Returns that you couldn't have reasonably shown in Superman 1979.
0: Right, yeah. There's like no imagination to the to the action scenes aside from, like you say, that that plane rescue is like pretty spectacular, and like a great Superman sequence, all in all in its own, uh, and like a little Superman short film in yeah. the middle of this movie. It just but it like, has a,
1: a, a, a momentum and a physicality. It feels like we're really like actually like stretching our muscles a bit. At least on a visual level, yeah, with no, like something exactly. you've never seen before in a Superman movie, just from a, a an effects standpoint, no. everything else is playing it so bland and safe.
0: Yeah, and it's a shame, exactly, because it's like
1: every few years we're like we're like okay, we're gonna try Superman again. I want one to work, I really do. Yeah, and they all end up being these like even if you enjoy them, they're these deeply flawed films.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I agree, and it, it's he's he's a uh, he's a character that you think would be easy to get right, but he's like really hard mm. to get right on the big screen. I think yeah, it's for, and for it's a big a big you know Hollywood blockbuster. Yeah,
1: like at least from a a movie standpoint, with the exception of just I think just Christopher Reeve as a performance.
0: Right, I mean, like uh,
1: you yeah. don't have anything. There's no high watermarks to latch onto, like you have with the Dark Knight or like the Batman or Spider-Man Two right. or Homecoming or things like right. that. Right,
0: you know. Right, and one of the things that you know, uh, the Raimi movies take the earnest tone of the Donner movies. The Raimi Spider-Man movies take the earnest tone of the of the Donner movies and kind of run with it and do things in like this very cinematic way. Yeah, and well, and, and he's kind of ate. The, the, the This movie's lunch, like, that they're coming to. Like, a lot of the sequences in this feel like they came out of Spider-Man 2 just filtered down to, like, boring. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, because Sam Raimi, his reference point was the comics. He right. loved Stan Lee, Steve Ditko, Spider-Man comics. And he was yeah. like, I want to put that on the big screen and I'm and I'm going to and he was like also like that's just the right director visually at that time. And Batman Begins had the benefit of being like we want this is a reaction to just the biggest wad of chewed up bubblegum that's ever been committed to film with with Batman and Robin. We want a Batman that doesn't feel like a comic book. Right. And that's what was right. That's what was needed at that time.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and bat, but Batman's also more mutable as a character where you can be like, well, I'm going to tell kind of like this crime drama with yeah. a guy who dressed up every, as a bat.
1: Every Batman story is a deconstruction of Batman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but speaking of crime dramas, and we just talked about uh, this studio, uh, I, I think since we, this was a, a, a joint pick, I think that it's my yeah. pick next. Um, I'm going with a part three from a franchise that, in my opinion, only gets better and better. We're going <laughs> deep into the heart of canon films. It's time for Death Wish 3.
0: Hell yeah!
1: Starring the drunk quarterback guy from Superman 3. That's what gave me the idea, because I was like, where do I know that, that John Glover-looking motherfucker? <laughs> And I was it's,
0: it, and I was like,
1: he got blown up with a bazooka once by Charles Bronson. Hell so we yeah. are going we are just I action sleaze.
0: Yes, I am hundred percent on board. I've only seen this movie once. With was, me on VHS. That's right. We were we were very drunk and we watched it in, on VHS. I bought it for a dollar at Amoeba. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: worth every penny.
0: <laughs> I had a great time with this movie. Racist tr- cari- caricatures and all. <laughs> I mean,
1: I will say in its defense, it's a very multicultural gang of toughs. That's There's like true. white guys, black guys, Latino guys, probably some Asian guys. It's really just, it's a bunch of low-rent hoods and uh, it, it's we, gang, we're going to Reagan's America. Yeah. <laughs> There's no Superman here. <laughs> Crime is rampant and the and, oh, and the cops can't do anything. The only oh, guy man. that can do anything is an old man in a bad hairpiece
0: who's whose family increasingly get, finds their way in problems with gangs, right? Isn't it his niece in this one or No, uh, it's just no? it's just
1: Martin Balsam.
0: Oh, okay and it's just his friend In this one he's like <laughs> i'm just going funny. to
1: visit a friend because that's not close enough and maybe know one will kill him i think it's um uh, first one it's his wife and it's daughter. his family uh yeah. second one it's his daughter again and i think in either the second or the fourth it's his
0: girlfriend
1: as well okay. in, the, in death right. wish four, the crackdown
0: right they made five they made right? five death- of those
1: goddamn movies. five
0: death wish movies they just kept cranking those out. At a certain point, hey, it's me. like Bronson was free for a week. Oh, they yeah, just... <laughs> Bronson's
1: free, and we got one other character actor who you know from something
0: from 1955. And <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. That's yeah. great. No, that's, that's this is great. this
1: is a free space on the bingo card. This is really fun. <laughs> it's it's so. It, this is the good bad I like. This is what we. Yeah. need. This is a. This is yeah. this is pure. 80s action cheese and unlike a lot of those movies it's not boring it's it's right. really fun in how dumb it is throughout like it delivers where like almost every Chuck Norris movie lets me down
0: right yep no I'm totally down yep I'm totally down
1: but uh, I'm glad we got super we did we've done Batman and Spider-Man this is the third guy we're yeah. we're, we're I, honestly the last frontier of superhero movies is we're gonna have to dive into the MCU at some point and well,
0: the MCU and the X-Men movies, too. There oh, are two yeah. X-Men Part 3s as well.
1: What's the so. other X-Men Part 3?
0: Well, okay, so I guess it's... Because there's Last Stand, it, obviously. There's Last Stand and then Apocalypse. Oh, I, okay, yeah. Fuck.
1: <laughs> I was really hoping we'd be done with Brian Singer, but I guess no. Now, we've got one more to Brian do Singer at some point. Brett Ratner together
0: no. at last,
1: and we're going to have Brett Ratner twice if that's the case, because we're going to have to do Red Dragon
0: and oh, and Brush Hour three.
1: Oh, right. Yeah, I was thinking Red Red Dragon. Well... staying. <laughs>
0: Oh, Maybe no. we'll
1: do, uh, we could do Iron Man 3 or something light before that. We have to get into yeah. that. We, eventually, we do a movie,
0: a movie we like. <laughs> eventually.
1: like Look, we also have kids and we're very busy. I don't have time to watch all of Return of the King, you know? Yeah, no. <laughs> and if I watch Return of the King, I got to watch Battle of the Five Armies. And right. Like, that's like a week. <laughs> and then we got to do Godfather 3. And if we're going to do Godfather 3, we have to watch Coda, the death of Michael Corleone, you know?
0: yeah those are those are the big ones the white whales i guess but yes we will have to go into the mcu and figure out i mean aside from the ones that are obviously part threes but i
1: i think and we'll we'll let our viewer decide our our one listener (laughs) uh (laughs) what constitutes like a part three i think you know the obvious i think maybe we start with the ones that actually have three in the title and we go from there so we'll do iron man three and i would say actually guardians of the galaxy 3
0: right i think those are actually the only two that those have those the three only two the but they're
1: very complete yeah. you know the, the guardians did. is a very complete little trilogy of movies
0: yes we did do no way home which i guess is yeah. an mcu 3 so
1: but until then death wish 3 it's going to be fun uh, it's 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 uh, it, we take a little break from these these goofy sonorous superman movies <laughs> to just watch some action cheese but uh, yeah. Will, always a delight. Uh, th- these two are, are give you plenty to talk about to yes. take away the sting of having to watch them. Yes. Uh,
0: yes. Always good, Sam. Always good talking to you late into the night about superhero movies. Absolutely. Never, never gets old. Never
1: gets old. Maybe it should. <laughs> all right. Well, folks, I hope you're all doing well out there. Hope you're having a good start to the year. And uh, we will see you next time with Death Wish 3. I'm more than a bird,
0: I'm more than a plane, I'm more than some pretty face beside a train, and it's not you.